Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast. Show it's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and I am joined tonight by my brother from the north. He is getting ready for I think a little of your uh, your fluffy friends are coming. I'm not talking about your uh, you know your buddies that come and eat all your food. You're talking a little snow coming at you, bud. It's a little too early to want to build a snowman. I don't like this whole December snowstorm nonsense, but uh, I guess it's you know it's 2020. What do you expect in a, in a year like this? Uh, you know the blizzard of all blizzards. We're supposed to get hit with tomorrow, so. Uh, not going to be fun at work. Kind of getting ready, bracing for the impact. Yeah, and your job is completely like that's what you do pretty much. Like this mm-hmm. time of year, like that's Snow. your whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're completely done. Like you're going to be. I, I said I said to you tonight. I said, hey, maybe we'll try to play tonight. And uh, you said, nah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I got to get sleep. There's no. There's absolutely no way I can do that. So uh, well, I feel bad for you, buddy. Down here, you know, I just got back from Florida, and it was a balmy 80 degrees mm-hmm. day before yesterday as I laid by the beach club pool. And uh, I got to talk to you for a minute before we get into tonight's topic and we introduce the amazing guests we have on tonight. Uh, I may have to go back and amend one of our episodes when I talked a little bit about the best pools on property. I think we may have thrown a little shade at Beach Club uh, for the fact that you have to leave the pool area to come back in and to, uh, you know, enjoy the slide and, and all that kind of stuff. For me, Look, now that I've done it, and maybe it's the fact that Riley's older. Maybe it's the fact that Riley's eight now and not four or three. That that pool's amazing. I mean, that pool's incredible. Like, from the slide to the sand bottom to the uh, lazy river to the pool bar to the food to you name it. It's all incredible. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. Well, yeah, like, you know, our whole basis on that was the, the fact that you had to take your eyes off the kids. And now that my girls are older, I would probably enjoy it more. But, uh, but yeah, I, I could I could definitely see you having that opportunity to have Riley kind of go off on her own to amend that a little bit. It may be, too. Like, you know how when you have a really good meal, it's better than the last meal you had? Mm-hmm. You know, it's better than it. You're like, that's the best meal I've ever had, especially if you're, like, starving beforehand. <laughs> and you have another one. You know, maybe I go to Kadani, and I'm like, that's the best pool on property because I have animals surrounding me. Um, so, yeah, I, it was a good time, though, man. Disney was a lot of fun, and we took my mom, so we had some good family days down there. Uh, but, look, we were talking about being kids, and, you know, I had Riley down there, and uh, she was loving being out and about um, with with the good weather. But when there's bad weather, a lot of things she loves to do is she loves to grab her Nintendo Switch or the PlayStation or the Wii or even her iPad and cell phones, and she loves to spend time with her friends doing a little gaming. And tonight we are going to talk about a super fun topic that affects most people if you're a Disney fan. At some point in your life you have played a Disney game, and who better to bring on tonight than one of our good friends, a huge part of our Disney Dads family. He's a host of the E Through M uh, podcast. He also is a huge part of our Disney Dads podcast, Sorcerer's Running Team. Uh, he is, I, I wanted to be with you and run some events with you until I learned your times. Mr. <laughs> Tim Jackson, how are you, my friend? 
Justin, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. And, uh, you know, talking about the weather real quick, uh, you know, it was 65 degrees here yesterday and it's 35 degrees right now. And Mike, it's got the smell. Mm-hmm. I know that what, smell. What's that mean? The, the S word, the S word isn't in the forecast, but it smells like snow outside. Mm -hmm. You can smell like snow. Oh, you can smell it snow. Can. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I've I've heard other smells outside that maybe start with a, a letter like that, but I've never heard the snow word. That's uh uh, that's crazy, really. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and good thing the schools are already closed. I'm just waiting them to cancel virtual school for the next week because of the threat of snow here. You think that would ever happen? You know, we were talking about that. This has nothing to do with topic. That this mm -hmm. is what we do on the show. You know, you've listened. You know, you've been a part of this family for a long time. We go on tangents. Do you think that this year, more than anything, is the death of the snow day? Oh, it's got to be. I mean, now you can just go, oh, cool. I'm just going to, you know, the, the kids will learn virtually at home. Like you're for you Northerners, there's no longer. I, do you all remember being young and you would turn the radio on or the morning news and it'd be like 6 a.m. And you're they're going through alphabetically like the school closures. And you're like, come on, come on, let it be me. It's like it's like being in Vegas rolling the dice. You're like, come on, lucky number seven. You know, let's go. Uh, man, I was ready for that. We're still getting some snow days up here because uh, a couple of schools in our district are, are doing virtual. So some of the teachers still have to come in and some of the students are still coming in. You know, Sarah goes to school a couple of days a week and Sammy goes the other couple of days. So they're already planning on doing school days uh, tomorrow and Friday. Huh. Interesting. Well, yeah. You know, that's good. Uh, well, we'll get back on topic because, look, we wanted to bring Tim on. Tim, you have this amazing new podcast. Uh, a couple episodes in, you guys have been chatting. Uh, talking not just about Disney games. You guys are talking about just the gaming community as a whole. I mean, everything from PlayStation to uh, Switch to, I mean, I think you're hitting all gambits. Tell me a little bit about the E through M podcast. Um, you know, you guys have created an awesome community to where you're going to be able to branch out. And if you're a gaming fan, you're really going to be able to bring people in and talk about these new titles people are so excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just recorded our third episode last night. Uh, it's in editing now, so it should go up, uh, if not tonight, sometime within the next day or so. But we cover the entire gamut. We cover all platforms. We've been covering recent gamings. We just did a review on a uh, latest release that the entire community is talking about. Uh, our episode last week was picking some of our favorite games from yesteryear and deciding, you know, do they merit the remake or the remaster treatment? So, I mean, it, anything's on the table and it's just general topics yeah so we're not covering news it's you know whatever's out there whatever strikes our fancy that week that's man the gaming like so mike and myself and jay we all love gaming we love playing call of duty we love playing stuff like that um i we're all trying to still get our hands on a, P a ps5 it's just like the impossible thing to do this year uh but for me growing up as a kid I played a lot of video games that were Disney-based, and that's what this show is going to be about. We are a Disney podcast. We're going to chat about uh, Disney gaming as a whole. Tim, what's your history uh, with gaming as far as Disney goes? Do you remember back being a kid and playing some of these retro Disney games? I do, actually. I actually had to stop and go and take a look back at what was Disney-related back then. And the first thing I, relate, I remember was Mickey's Castle of Illusion on the Sega Genesis. I remember a, a kid down the street had it, and we played it a few times. But uh, I think I really cut my teeth on The Lion King Yeah. Uh, about a decade later, and that was the definition of Nintendo hard. Yeah, you know, the one thing is, like, Disney was going through, at a time, talking a little bit about the history of gaming with Disney, Disney was going through a time where they were really reshaping the structure of the company as a whole. Uh, Frank Wells was president at the time, 
and uh, Michael Eisner comes in, and you're looking at, with the Black Cauldron coming out and being such a huge flop, really almost the death of animations right around the corner, right? Uh, and Disney wants to put their hand inside, you know, w- with video games as well. And uh, come, some of the games you mentioned, I played, I played too. Uh, one of the ones that I really, really, really uh, loved way back in the day was, I don't know if you re- ever had a um, uh, Super NES, or any mm-hmm. uh, just just Nintendo, uh, Mickey Mickey Mousecapade. Do you ever play that? I may have. Dude, I've, now that you mention it, I do remember the game. Yeah, yeah, I would have been like six or seven at the time when this came out, maybe eight. And so I was just getting into like really sitting down and gaming, and uh, I played that one. But Castle of Illusion, dude, was Castle of Illusion the one where it was just Mickey and you had to chase the ghost, or you had to you went through the castle and there was ghosts and there were witches and all that kind of stuff. Cause I'm pretty sure that I played that one like crazy too. Cause it came out in 1990. Yeah. It was an early, early nineties game. So yeah, that sounds about right. Mike, what's your history with Disney gaming? Uh, as you know, because we play, uh, you know, Call of Duty together. I'm not a very good gamer. I'm, uh, I just kind of do it for the fun and enjoyment. Um, I, I I do play when I can play. Uh, I've always been more of a sports guy, but my favorite Disney game that I ever played, and I had to get it, was when I had the Xbox. When I had the Xbox Connect, and they had the Disneyland game, and you would actually kind of like walk through the park. And that's one of my the closest closest experience I ever got to being in Disneyland was walking through the Disneyland park in the Connects, and it was very cool because. <clears throat> I played it with the girls, especially when we first got the Connect. And, you know, it's one of those, you know, you're, you're walking and your emotions are mimicking what's doing in the game. And it was very similar to, as you know, uh, Disney World. And the girls would see the subtle differences and they're like, well, this isn't supposed to be here. I'm like, well, it's Disneyland. It's not Disney World. So it is a little bit different. But um, that's that's probably one of my most true to Disney games other than, you know, Star Wars or something along those lines. But uh, it was the Disneyland Connects. Well, talking ba- let's go back to the late 1980s, like we were chatting a little bit about. Disney's going through this revolution, right, of mm-hmm. trying to reinvent Disney animation as a whole before they really got into those golden years of Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. Like I said, I played Lion King like crazy, Tim. I loved that game. Uh, but got Aladdin, you know, all those, all those films kind of come out right in a row. And you have that trio of Frank Wells and um, Roy Disney and Michael Eisner all there. And Disney wants to put their hand inside the gaming community, and they kind of want to make their own stake for... I mean, look, they have the perfect platform to do it because they have characters. Everything's character-driven. So for gaming, that's what you need. I mean, gaming really is character-driven. You play to be someone you're not, you know, to play through a storyline. And uh, they want to get into this, and they decide, you know what? We're not going to have someone else do it for us. We're going to create our own. So they end up taking what I think was the perfect platform which I don't think gets enough Disney credit, and that's Roger Rabbit. I think that Roger Rabbit should still have a huge stake in Hollywood Studios. I think there should be a Roger Rabbit attraction still in Hollywood Studios sitting there uh, doing all that. But they say, you know what? We're going to make a Roger Rabbit game, and we're going to do it in 90 days. We're going to put this game out. And they uh, Frank Wells says, all right, but it can't be E.T. Because if you look back a year prior, uh, Atari puts out an E.T. game, right? Well, it was such a bust that Atari ended up burying the E.T. cartridges in the desert in New Mexico because they had so many unsold cartridges. So Disney would just say, it can't be E.T. And uh, they they actually did a really, really good job. The game sold over 250,000 units. Um, it was on the cover of many, many magazines. Um, and it said it quoted uh, said it made them tons of money. So 
they got a great start really on the Disney uh, gaming. But prior to 1987, 88, everything was kind of driven intellectually. Like everything was a learning game. Everything was made for uh, for kids to learn, you know, numbers and, and alphabet and stuff like that. So they really got their, uh, their feet moving. Uh, did you all ever play the Roger Rabbit game? Oh, one, let me say this. I had a huge, huge crush on Jessica. I did, still do, on Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? You know what I mean? Uh, but did you all play the Roger Rabbit game back in the day? Surprisingly, I did not. Nobody I knew had it. That was one of those tough ones to get. It wasn't really readily available. Yeah. Uh, I actually had to go back and watch YouTube uh, videos about it just to kind of refresh myself on what the gameplay was like. Mike, did you ever play it? No, and I was a huge Roger Rabbit fan of the movie and obviously Jessica Rabbit herself too. Uh, and I... <laughs> You know, it was uh, it was a good time in my my childhood, but um, but no, I did not get to play that game. Is it weird to think that a cartoon character is attractive? No, not at all. I like I like Elastigirl. Elastigirl, yeah, yeah, she's good looking. Yeah, yeah. Jasmine, Ariel. Okay, we'll move on. All right, it's getting weird now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it always does. Yeah, exactly. Well, we chatted a little bit about Mickey. You know, we were talking about Mickey games we played. Uh, look, his his little buddy had some uh, had some great ones too. And that's talking about Donald Duck. I mean, Donald Duck went through a huge revolution with gaming. And it's weird because I actually found myself going back and playing a Scrooge McDuck game, uh, playing DuckTales about a year ago. Uh, I found it and was playing DuckTales, uh, where you would go against the Beagle Boys and Ma Beasley. Uh, I loved that game. That was a game I grew up on. If I look back through my childhood, that's probably the Donald Duck game more than any that I remember playing over and over and over and over again. Tim, did you ever play any Donald Duck games? Uh, I did. I actually played the same one you're talking about. I finally got a hold of DuckTales, finally, about a year ago. Yeah, same, the, same th- That was the gold standard. That was the one that everyone wanted. Uh, you always asked your parents for. You never got it, but it looked like a phenomenal game. And when I finally did get a chance to play it, you know, it lived up to expectations. It was great. You know what's weird about that game? It's insanely hard. Oh, yeah. Well, it came out on the NES, so, I mean, it probably took up about 60 kilobytes, but it took you 90 hours to beat. (laughs) There were certain parts of that game still. I mean, like you said, I found it about a year ago, and there were certain parts of that game where I could not get past it. I mean, like, I was just going, I'm so frustrated right now. I'm playing all these high-end 4K games, you know, and all of a sudden I play this retro DuckTales game. And I cannot get Scrooge McDuck to do what I want him to do. It's just, it's insanity. Um, but yeah, that was a huge, huge game. Did you ever play DuckTales, Mike? Nope, nope. Like I said, I, I don't have that much Disney experience when it comes to the games. If I was better at games, I probably would have. But um, I, I really, no, I, I never played the DuckTales game. Mike, uh, uh, Tim, moving forward, moving to another genre of Disney games. Uh, and this is one we can really go down a rabbit hole because there's so many uh, when we're looking at the Disney like animated features games, so mm-hmm. Disney has, I mean, that's really what the company's known for is it's animation, it's movies, it's characters. Uh, there are so many, and you mentioned one right off the top when you were talking about Lion King, uh, and, and we have Aladdin, of course, and all this, where I remember those more than really any of the others. Yeah, those are the two I remember the most. Um, but as I kind of did a quick glance at the history of uh, some of the Disney games uh, during that decade, uh, you also had Hercules, which oh, was also right. another phenomenal game. And as I went through the list, you know, it wasn't every single 
major animated or Pixar release that got a game, but a lot of the big tentpole movies got a move, got a game tie-in. And unlike a lot of movie video game tie-ins at the time, for the most part, the Disney ones were pretty good. You know what? You know what stands out to me as I look back through the list, and I kind of almost forgot about this. I think I probably played more Disney games in that time because they started releasing more and more on Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. And my Game Boy, when I was a kid, went everywhere with me. Like, I, I carried it in my book bag, you know, to play right after school. I carried it, we took it on car trips. I took it to restaurants. Like, that was what I, I did all the time. And everything from, like, Little Mermaid to uh, Tarzan to Mulan to Beauty and the Beast to, uh, I mean, you name it, Pinocchio. I mean, they put out a ton of stuff on Game Boy. And I remember, too, like, it's it's hard for me to remember back money-wise. I know that doesn't make sense, but I don't remember how much these games cost. You know, like, you look at a game now, I can go, a brand new game is going to cost me $60, right? But mm-hmm. I think then, you know, it was maybe a little more affordable for a Game Boy game. Uh, I feel like I had more Game Boy games than I did Nintendo games or Sega games or, uh, you know, Super NES games, stuff like that. Believe it or not, they fluctuated. There was no set price, kind of like we have now. Yeah. Um, like NES games, for example, ran the gamut from like twenty to sixty dollars new. Um, really, an but, NES game was sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah, especially some of the early on games, and I'm not talking first party games. I'm talking anything that came out. But what I remember was I never got games the year they came out, and it wasn't until I became a parent that I realized what was going on. They were waiting until the games went on sale and they were even cheaper. That's when we got them as kids, <laughs> right? Do you remember? All right, so let's 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 go. This will be a retro show. Let's go back to blockbusters and like video rental stores, right? Oh wow, okay. This for me played a bigger part in my gaming life than buying games, because when you rented a game, if you're a kid right now, if you are under the age of twenty, we're gonna blow your mind, okay? When you rented a game, if you rented a, a movie, you would have let's say two to three days, right, on your rental. When you read a game, I think you got like five to six or five to seven days. It's a little more expensive to rent a game. But you got a little more time. But you had to knock out that game to to play through it in that time period. So, like, when I would rent a game, a Disney game, I would sit down and that's all I would do after school. Like, you know, I would sit down and just try to work my way through that game as fast as possible because at one point I didn't return games and we had a $600 late fee at Blockbuster. <laughs> and I got in a little trouble. But... I tried to work my way through games. So for me, the blockbuster premise allowed me to play more games. Of course, everything's virtual now. I mean, everything's digital now. You can download. Um, I wish they almost did like a – and they, Tim, they might. You might be able to tell me. Did like a digital rental service. I know Gamefly does rentals on physical games. I think that idea has been floated where you can rent a license for a little bit on certain platforms. I don't think it's very mainstream. Um PlayStation Now comes to mind yeah. where you can stream games based on a subscription, but it's not like a rental. You can't go and say, I want to rent Marvel's Avengers and play that for three days, and then your license is dead. If you have the subscription, you can play the game if it's on the system or, or the service, rather, until it either rotates out or your renewal's up. Yeah. So we. <laughs> it's funny you say PlayStation Now because that's how I found a lot of these older Disney games was through the PlayStation Now. Like, they have a ton of older Disney games. I was playing them with Riley, like the Cars game and all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, Mike, you grew up in a generation of blockbuster videos and and uh, and all that. Did mm-hmm. you find yourself renting more games when you would play? You said you didn't play a lot as a kid, but did you find yourself renting more games than you bought? I did, and it, the nice part about the renting, obviously, back then was you know you can kind of try it before you buy it. And um, like you, I had a lot of late fees, and I would forget about them. I would have them in my system, and then my you know my parents would yell at me for having a ridiculous bill because we forgot to bring them back. Um, I actually did. They had this thing called Intelliflix for a while, and that was kind of like right before Netflix. And you could rent. It was like a um, you'd go into online, and you would be able to order video games from there, and they would send them to you by mail, like the old Netflix used to be. When you yeah. Used to get your discs by mail, mm-hmm. and they would send you games by mail. And it would, the Intelliflix was all sorts of different kinds of movies, and you could put three in your cart, two in your cart, and you you could keep them as long as you wanted to until you sent them back. So once you put one back, and they got one back, it would queue up the next one. It was a very very cool system. And I used to get video games not so much from Blockbuster, but I would get from the Intelliflex uh, website. And I, I don't even think they're around anymore. I, I think it's kind of obsolete now. But it was a, it was a cool premise. And it was a good system, and it worked really well. And that's where I got a lot of my games from. And the Intelliflix was kind of like the uh, the cut above the Netflix at the time because they had video games incorporated to their rentals, and obviously Netflix never did. Yeah, it's one of those things, too, where you kind of see a remnants. A, a good way for someone if they've never been a blockbuster is you see a remnants of it with Redbox. Redbox kind of took that blockbuster model but didn't, you know, and – didn't but didn't you have you didn't have to pay for a building didn't have to pay rental fees and and pay somebody and, and all mm-hmm. that to, to actually have a, a brick and mortar building uh so that's kind of but that even is dying out i mean those are going actually i found some really good video games uh for sale at a red box one time okay. i mean i got the email and it was like practically nothing for these almost brand new video games because they were just trying to close the red box down and get rid of them i know this has nothing to do with disney so we'll move on (laughs) uh tim (laughs) let's uh let's chat a little bit about some of what i think is when you talk about disney gaming this is the creme de la creme the high-end uh stuff that people really cut their teeth on with video gaming they fell in love you you either love this or you hate it and have, or have never done it. There's no middle ground. I've never met anyone who's played these games that said, eh, it was fine, I'd play it, but I didn't love it. And that's the Kingdom Hearts series. Tell me a little bit, because I have to admit, I own all of them. I've never played any of them. Bought them all, never played any of them. Uh, they are all on my PlayStation right now. Uh, tell me a little bit about the Kingdom Hearts series, what they're based on, and uh, and how they interject Disney characters into them. Is this something you've played before I put you around the spot? Well, believe it or not, I've never played any of the games. I have played the demo for three yeah. <clears throat> just to see what everything was about. And they're made phenomenally. I mean, they look absolutely amazing. Um, but the big caveat is, is that there's the story that goes along with it. And anyone who I've ever spoken to who's actually played the game, played the series, I mean, just like you said, they either love it but they have absolutely no idea what's going on in the story or they have no intention to actually play it because they have no idea what's going on in the story. <laughs> um, well, the Kingdom Hearts series yeah. is a complete standalone franchise from the Disney IPs that incorporates all of the Disney IPs. Um, I can't remember the name of the main character. I want to say Sora comes to mind mm-hmm. where you follow this character and your sidekicks are Donald and Goofy. And you go through the different Disney films uh, and you complete this storyline. You complete this adventure 
through, I think it's three main entries and there's like 30 or 40 other sub entries going on. I mean, there's decimal points involved in some of the other games. So I'm not exactly sure how many entries there are in the franchise, but I think, uh, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but for kingdom hearts three, there was something along the lines of 30 different Disney IPs used. And every single one of those levels was based on a different Disney movie. And they were recreated in the art style of that movie. Really? That's a, so hold on. So if I go play like a Pixar part of movie or, or something like that it's created in the art style of that and then you move on to like a hercules it will be in that art style so whenever you go through exactly because the demo that i played was in the hercules demo and you felt like you were in the 1997 movie that's super cool yeah there are a ton i mean rolling through them i mean you go all the way back to 1992 or to, i'm sorry 2002 with the original kingdom hearts the cool thing was i played some final fantasy games and it's a mashup pretty much of final fantasy and disney uh put together you know um, but I mean, you've got Kingdom Hearts 2002, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories on the Game Boy, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts Re, uh, Re, Chain of Memories, uh, the second one in 2007, uh, Kingdom Hearts Code at Kingdom Hearts 358 slash two days, uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts 3D, Dream Drop Distance, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix, Kingdom Hearts Unchained X, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix, Kingdom Hearts Union X, and Kingdom Hearts 3. That is insanely confusing. <laughs> Those are just the titles, and you didn't tell me there was going to be any math involved when you invited me to come on the show tonight. <laughs> but th- again, that's just the titles. We haven't gotten into the storyline. If you want to be utterly confused, just try to follow the story from start to finish in the order that they released the games. But um, I was actually in Disney. I was in Disney Springs when Kingdom Hearts 3 released uh, just about two years ago. And I thought that there would be some more fanfare, some more to do because, you know, there's a lot of Disney property, a lot of big uh, hitting Disney characters associated with this franchise. And it was nothing. It was like a small one inch by two inch square on the back of the Disney Springs pamphlet. It was almost (laughs) like they, they didn't want to acknowledge it. They're just like, we're done. You know what? I think, though, like, I, th- I always think of, like, Rachel Barnes uh, in our group. Like, she, every time, like, this releases, like, I think, she, if I'm remembering right, she loves the Kingdom Hearts series. And she's just one of those people who, they they eat this stuff up. They absolutely love seeing these Disney characters interjected with the Final Fantasy characters. Um, I need to sit down and play these. You know what? Your co-host, Aaron White loves these games i think he i've talked to aaron quite a few times about the kingdom hearts games and he's told me which ones to skip how to what order to play them in what's you know and 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 he just you know you know aaron eats up everything disney and Mm -hmm. uh, i know he's played these but for kingdom hearts to see mickey Minnie, goofy you know all these characters side by side with really this japanese animation style character is new it's different and i think a lot of people who maybe were final fantasy fans not disney fans found themselves all of a sudden pitched into the Disney uh, universe and vice versa. People who are Disney fans who really have zero interest in a Final Fantasy type of game found themselves, you know, playing these just because of the characters that they love and have grown up with or, or you know, the basis of this and the stories are the basis of this. So, uh, you know, for me, I really need to sit down and play these games because I'm a huge Disney fan. I own them. There's no reason not to. Uh, but I, I, I'm a little intimidated by it, to be honest. I think that's really the point. 
I mean, honestly, the two things I would need before I can jump headfirst into this would be I need about 135 hours to just dedicate to this. And I, I don't have that kind of time laying around. And secondly, I need some law enforcement software just so I can track who's who, who's associated with what, and just keep all those connections alive. Right. Because it's going to get real convoluted and confusing real quick. Mike, is this something you would be interested in playing something like this where it's that in-depth, it's that detailed, the stories are that kind of all over the place there's stories you know but also there's stories within stories that are you know trying to weave it in and and it almost seems like some of it may be a little forced i don't know uh you know me a good three four years now and i have the attention span of a five-year-old it's probably the true. last thing in the world that i would be able to do is play those games and enjoy them in the slightest bit you know i'm more of a you know a quick round of call of duty a little you know madden some baseball some sports stuff that man, that's just too involved with me. That is that is way above my uh, my pay grade when it comes to playing video games. Well, let's move on to a topic that you do like to do. Uh, that games you do love to play, and games that I could definitely see you spending ten, twelve, you know, fourteen, sixteen hours on. Uh, a little while back, Disney acquired all the rights to Star Wars, and we have seen Star Wars games blossom and bloom out of the Disney company over the last few years. I think that's one franchise with gaming that they have really put their money into, and they said, you know what? We want all the Star Wars you can put out. Uh, Tim, something you dive into with uh, Star Wars gaming? Absolutely. I mean, the two games I dove into right off the bat were the two remakes of the Battlefront series uh, that were done by EA and DICE, the developers who did the Battlefield franchise, and that's that's my go-to series. You guys are Call of Duty guys. I love Battlefield. So as soon as I heard that those two were coming together, I went all in, love the way they recreated the environments. I love the campaign that was done in Battlefront 2. And uh, I mentioned this to you earlier, Justin, Rob, before the show. That game actually got two huge nods by Disney in some of the more recent uh, Star Wars releases. Um, if you go back to The Last Jedi, there was a nod in The Last Jedi to one of the missions in Battlefront 2 where, I mean, the game's been out for about four or five mm -hmm. years, so I'm not really spoiling anything. <laughs> you know, you do a mission with Luke Skywalker during the campaign, and he comes across an artifact that he's looking for. When you watch The Last Jedi, when you're in the tree with all the sacred Jedi texts, you see that artifact. Oh, really? Okay. So they kind of made it... Made it. So I have Battlefront 2. Mm -hmm. Mike and I actually, uh, and Jay all played Battlefront 2 for, for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, I was terrible at it. Um, and, uh, so that's when we moved over to Call of Duty. Um, I, I love that game though. I love the, 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 the way it was put together and the way you're immersed in the Star Wars community mm -hmm. of the three of us. I'm the, I'm the least Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars a lot, but I think they do a really good job with the gaming community of letting you become a part of the Star Wars uh, uh, world and, and, you know, becoming a character in it. You said there was another one. What was the second uh, where they had a, a, a little nod? It was in the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. They yeah, reference... I'll take these off, ready? You'll, you'll yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into too, too many details, <laughs> but they reference a operation. They reference a mission that was a very big part of the Battlefront 2 campaign. Mike, are you caught up? I'm all caught up. Yes, I am. Yeah, I figured. I figured you watched it three times by now. Yeah. I... Uh, I I've watched the first episode of season two, and I liked it. It was good. It was good. I mean, who doesn't love uh, who doesn't love the child? Look, I didn't even say Baby Yoda. See, I'm I'm, I'm a part of this community. Mm -hmm. I like it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Star Wars games for me 
going back, I mean, man, I'm trying to remember my first Star Wars game I played. Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like there's quite a few. What do you remember any Star Wars games back in the day that you guys jumped into? Oh, Atari. There were a lot. Yeah, Atari had. Yeah, there were. They were on Atari. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it was awful. It was. Um, you had this little dot, which was the snow speeder, and you had to shoot down the uh, the ATATs. There was. Uh, it was the <laughs> graphics were absolutely terrible, but it was. You know, it was like, a Star Wars game. You know. If you're somewhere between my age and Mike's age, you've probably taken down a Walker or blown up the Death Star about. 20, 25 times on different systems over the last 40 years. All right. I'm looking here. Okay. I'm looking here at different games. So 1982, it came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't even born yet. That's why. <laughs> no, it was remade on the NES. The whole tr- original trilogy was remade on the Super Nintendo. Uh, it got the Lego treatment. It's getting the Lego treatment again. You had the PC games. You had TIE Fighter. You had X-Wing. Um, you had an Age of Empires clone called Galactic Battlefields. I mean, there are a lot of Star Wars games on the market. Dark Forces and that series is another. I mean, we're talking easy 25 to 40 titles before Disney bought the rights to them. Tim, you know why, you know what Baby Yoda and I have in common, right? Big ears? I say, is this a short man joke? <laughs> they both, I'm they both everyone calls us the child. So, you know, we're, we're, we're youngins. Uh, so, you talked a little bit about it, some crossovers. One thing I have played, and I actually really enjoy these, and I find myself playing them quite a bit on Nintendo Switch, is Lego Star Wars. Uh, I think they're a blast. I know they're more built for children, but I think they're fun. It's kind of just a time eater, you know what I mean? But working through the storylines. Uh, I love playing the, the Lego Star Wars uh, games. Have you guys played those? I have. Dude, they're a blast. Mike, you played them? Yeah, I like it. I had it on uh, Xbox, actually, before I got rid of the Xbox. It was good. I liked it a lot. And um, some of those missions were hard, man. I get stuck in some of those spots, and I'm like, what am I doing? And I get stuck in a spot, and I can't get through. But, yeah, eventually you manage to, uh, to you know, make it to the next level, and it was cool. No, you YouTube yeah, it. Le- YouTube it. Yeah, Lego yeah. Star Wars, the original trilogy, was the first game I 100%ed as an adult. I happened to be in Iraq at the time, so I didn't have much else to do when I wasn't at work. <laughs> but uh, I spent a lot of time on Lego Star Wars. So when you were in Iraq, how many games did you play? Like, what did you take Three. with you? Did, you, did you? did your family mail you games, or did it play? Uh, did it play or- a big part in your uh, in your deployment? It wasn't originally, but it became one because we were only supposed to be there for 90 to 120 days. Like we were supposed to do quick rotations in and out and do that for two or three years. But as soon as we got on the ground, uh, something called the surge happened. Mm -hmm. And the guys that we replaced and the guys replacing us all wound up going into sector. So we got stuck holding the bag for 16 months. So as soon as we found out that we were going to be there a while, uh, found a way to order a Sony PSP have it sent to me in the mail with like two or three games. And you know, that's what I had for a year and a half. And you just worked your way through. What were the other games? Uh, one was Madden. Okay. Yeah. Which didn't work very well at all. I got a, I got a dud <laughs> copy and the other was a pirates of the Caribbean game. And it was absolutely terrible. So I spent a lot of time on Lego star Wars <laughs> until I eventually was able to con someone to let me borrow a GTA game. But that's, that's for a whole nother show. That's for my show. That's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Show. Yeah. We'll, we'll skip that one. There's a reason they call your show the E through M podcast because you do everything E through mature. So it's great. Uh, yeah, I, I like the star Wars, uh, or the, the Lego star Wars and Lego. Look, star Wars isn't the only Lego thing they did. I mean, we talk about Lego 
we have the incredible lego incredibles lego game um and and that's a lot of fun and those are challenging but i like it because it's something you can do with you know like i play that game with riley you know it's on that level to where we can both play together and i think that's important i think that's one thing disney gaming's allowing families to do is come together with these characters that we all know and love and you kind of can introduce your kids to gaming as a whole uh mike your girl's game i i, I could see sammy being a gamer Sarah never got into it at all. Yeah. Sammy does, and I think Sammy plays with uh, with with Jason's uh, kids once in a while. She plays a little Fortnite here and there. She does some games. When I would get new games, some of the um, uh, when we did the Disney Connects, we were doing that together. We were doing the um, she was doing the Lego stuff together. Also, she enjoys it a little bit. She likes to kill a little time, you know, playing some video game stuff. Tim, you all ever do family games? Oh, we're just starting to get into it. Uh, my son's younger yeah. than your kids. My oldest is going to turn seven uh, here in a few months. Uh, so he's dabbled in the Lego games a little bit. He's really interested in uh, the Skywalker saga coming out next year. But he's really spent some time with the Disney Infinity stuff. Yes. Actually, that's a great uh, transition. Uh, you're a pro at this episode. You're going on episode three in your show, and you're already transitioning like a pro. <laughs> uh, I want to get into Disney Infinity because um, that was – a huge part of our Riley getting into gaming um, with it being an open world. There was really nothing that uh, she could mess up, you know, at the time. So she didn't get frustrated. And also it was collectible. Um, the fact that we were purchasing characters and purchasing figurines uh, that we could collect and display on top of playing these games. Um, we had infinity and we had the, uh, the second infinity uh, game that they put out. Are you a little shocked before we chat a little bit about it? that this didn't stick around, that this didn't take off the way Disney thought it would. I think it did take off the way they thought it would, but it didn't sustain. Like, I'm actually surprised that they pulled the plug on it because it looked like it was doing really, really well. There was product on the shelves. Yeah. It was moving. And then just when my son got big enough to where he won at least watch it, they shut everything down. Everything's on clearance. I've got a whole basket full of these things that I paid maybe 50 bucks for about 15 of them. Yeah, me too. Same thing. I went through Walmart and they were just had those magic yellow stickers on there and two ninety nine, you know, mm -hmm. for one. And I'm going, whoa, hold on. Those used to be $15 a piece. Do you wonder if that was the problem was originally, you know, yeah, it, it kind of stinks to spend $60 on a game sometimes, you know, especially for our kids, because I know that sounds terrible. I'll spend it on me because I know I'm going to play it. But if I buy Riley a game for $60, and all of a sudden she doesn't like it, then I'm down the drain 60 bucks, right? With Disney Infinity, I was spending, not only for the game, but now I'm spending, when it originally comes out, $15 a pop for the mm -hmm. characters. So it would be nothing for me to be 100 bucks plus the game in for this, for this experience. Um, so I don't know if that had something to do with it. I love the fact that it was... I like to collect stuff. I like to collect Disney stuff. And uh, so I think maybe that had some, you know, uh, for me, that was a big draw to, to that game. So we still have them. I don't know why I don't have it plugged in and, and you know, Riley could play around with it. She's starting to get a little bit um, older. And the games she likes are, you know what she fell in love with, Tim? Was on, on PlayStation Now, they have the Phineas and Ferb game. Um, and she I need to look at that. loved it. I mean, love it. She played through that thing. Uh, they had play. They had the the Phineas and Ferg game. They had Cars. They had um, a Bug's Life. Uh, they had a bunch of different Disney games on PlayStation Now. So great ways for the family to all get together. Uh, Mike, did you ever play the Disney Infinity series? 
nope, wasn't part of my with with the kids. They weren't weren't really into that. I saw it. I kind of got a peek a little interest in it because some of the characters I liked. I know they had some uh, Jack Skellington, and and I, I yeah. almost got into it, but just the timing wasn't there. I wasn't gaming really that much at the time, so uh, I took a pass on those. Well, that's the thing. So you're a collectible. Like you like to collect things. Mm-hmm. You like to collect your bobbleheads. You like to collect your uh, what, what's this, the the other things? The uh, uh, what are they? Uh, I got them right here. My uh, my pop figures. My, Funko uh, pop. Yeah. Funko pops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you like to collect your Funko pops. So I got really seen you getting into that because dude, you had a board and all you would do is pull your character off and put a different character on and twada. Yeah. I'm now Aladdin, you know, or I'm a Tinkerbell, who I like to be, because uh, you can fly around. Of course. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I just the timing wasn't there for that from with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Disney gaming has progressed from, like you guys said, going all the way back to Atari, to our little blips boop, 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 with the one button, uh, till now. Let's come all the way up to 2020, and uh, you know, I think gaming's really taken off this year because everyone's been inside. People have been able to travel. People have had more time at home. They've had more time to game. Uh, what do you think, Tim, is the current state of Disney gaming as a whole? There's some great new games out there that maybe people haven't played yet that you've had the opportunity to play through. What do you think the current state of Disney gaming is? Uh, we're heading in two directions uh, from what I've seen so far. One is the Star Wars path, and one is everything else. And it took a few years to get there, but the Star Wars path is really starting to pay dividends right now. Uh I mentioned the Battlefront series earlier. I know the second one got a real bad shake when it first launched, but they put the time into it. They took community feedback into serious consideration, and Battlefront 2 became a very, very popular, very beloved game, and it still has high player counts today. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Mm -hmm. uh, a single-player game that released uh, about a year ago, critical reviews, everyone absolutely loved it. There's another Lego Star Wars game on the horizon coming out next year um, that's going to totally redo everything that we've seen so far because as of right now, only seven of the nine major films uh, have been covered by the Lego franchise. So those seven are getting a redo. The other two are going to get exposed for the first time. And then we have everything else. Um, And mostly that falls on the Marvel side. And we've had two Spider-Man games, which arguably you can say they're more on the Sony side versus the Marvel Disney side. But uh sony spider-man for the ps4 phenomenal game i mean you really got that sense of being Mm spider-man traversing manhattan i mean they got that mechanic right uh the miles morales game i haven't gotten a hold of that yet but that just built upon that and really solidified it as you know these are good spider-man games and and i mean another joke in the gaming community for decades was there are no good spider-man games except for that one and now we have three and the other side of the Marvel end is the game that Square Enix just released, and that's Marvel's Avengers. Amazing campaign. They didn't think through the rest of the game. So once you get through the campaign, there's the, well, now what? Am I going to do the same thing over and over again? And it feels like a missed opportunity with that license. Um, the content that was promised post-launch is finally starting to trickle through, but I don't know... If it's in time, I don't know if it's enough to save that game, but I, I see a lot of good things for um, the Disney franchise overall and that umbrella of 
properties in in the years to come, especially with these new generations of consoles coming out. I mean, we've got the PlayStation Five, we've got the Xbox uh, Series S and X um, that just look to push the envelope for what the average consumer can, can get. And then you have guys uh, like my co-hosts uh, Seth and Chad who are just dumping money into PCs, you know, doing things that only the parks can do. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, what's on the horizon. Yeah, it's so you mentioned Spider-Man. That may be so. I, I own Spider-Man and I've played it quite a bit. That may be one of the most appealing visually, and just the 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 aesthetics of playing it. I've never felt more like being Spider-Man. I mean, like as you're as you're webbing around New York City, it's so fluid and it's so seamless, and the story is fantastic yet it's an open world concept to where you're not stuck just in a linear progression on the story you can choose what you, where you want to take the story and you know what you want to do with it i enjoyed that game more than probably any game i've enjoyed from that because i like sports games and i like you know first person shooters stuff like that but for a game that's that's story driven like that i enjoyed that more than anything in the past decade i loved spider-man and i need to it's weird. I don't know if you guys do this too. I have friends who will get a game and then they'll play it from start to finish. Then they'll get another game and they'll play it start to finish. I do the same thing as I do with books, right? I start a book. I'll read halfway through. I'll put it down. I'll start another book. And then I'll be reading two books at once. And then I'll be reading three books at once and I'll finish one and I'll add another one. I do the same thing with gaming. I'm constantly rotating my games in and out. And I need to sit down and do that one. And the reason I talk about Spider-Man so highly is I also have Marvel's Avengers. I I like it. I like it. The storyline is is fun. But I do think for a game that came out two years after Spider-Man, it feels like it's been two years, uh, I feel like it's almost a step backwards than what Spider-Man was when it came out. Um, a lot of fun, but I just don't feel like they reached what they could have done when you have one character instead of an entire Avengers, you know, cast and ensemble. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I understand that, you know, paying for actors licenses, paying for their voices is super expensive, especially for a video game that you're taking a chance on, um, when, you know, the concept may or may not pan out, but, um, my wife doesn't game you know she'll occasionally sit in the room and watch me play something and you know we were i was playing marvel's avengers one night she looked at me and said you know who's the b team you know who are these guys you know these aren't the avengers like you know do they get the non-union equivalents (laughs) well the thing is is you said this is a perfect opportunity for us to really get our names into the gaming community and i I, this is just you know something i think that would work really well because then we could put this online you know like we said podcast lasts forever mike you know, it is very expensive for them to get Mark Ruffalo to voice the Hulk. So what I'd like for you to do is give me your best uh, Hulk impression. Not a roar, but I'll give you a line and you give it to me back, okay? Ready? So you're going to say, Hulk like cheeseburgers. All right, ready? Go. Uh, Hulk like cheeseburgers? No, come on. Let's do a real I'm, Hulk voice. I, I'm not a good Hulk voice kind of guy. I'm, I'm more of like the, um, I don't know. I, I do well, who, Spider-Man who do you want to do? I don't know. Right, pop, I'm more of the, the Spidey kid. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear your Spider-Man. He'll, he'll, he'll say, this suit's a little tight. Uh, I can't do this. I'm not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like putting Mike on the spot. Uh, yeah, man, I like I, I had fun with it. It was it was it was a good game. Uh, I haven't played it all the way through, but I was funny because I was talking to Aaron. To Aaron, and I will will talk for a while, you know, about gaming, and uh, he said the same thing. He's like, once you work through it, you're kind of stuck. You're just, I mean, you can level your characters up, but after that, what are you gonna do? It would be fun to see them come up with a. And you might be able to do this. I don't know. Like, where you could fight against... Almost like a Call of Duty type of thing where you could have, like, your villains, Marvel villains, and then you could have your Avengers, like, you know, and have these conflicts where you're fighting against one another in, like, a Call of Duty type of style, you know, thing. So, we'll see what they do. I don't know. Kind of like an Overwatch, like a hero shooter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Heroes versus villains. Uh, You know... I just got back from the parks. I was in the parks yesterday. Uh, I was walking around Animal Kingdom. And a uh, beautiful day. Really, Animal Kingdom, this is moved way up on my list. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. And the one thing I've really enjoyed about the parks, you know, as we don't have fast passes right now, uh, you have to wait in queue. Um, the queues have been shorter than what have been posted um, on average. I mean, most times it's usually about... You know, if it says 30, it's 15. If it says, you know, an hour, it's 40. It's just not there. Disney got really smart, though. Uh, Disney's always kind of had their hands in technology and gaming in the parks. But not so much as they have with now the new in-park Play Disney app. Uh, and also just the games that you can download on your iPhone to play that are Disney-based. Um, do you guys, when you're in the parks, ever play the Play Disney app? I started to a little bit on my last trip, but I, I'm so and and I and I did it reluctantly, but I'm glad I did because I was kind of against having your phone out and I try and put the phone away when we're doing a family vacation. But we found that a lot of times doing those games and some of that stuff when you're in the parks can add to the family vacation. So I think on our next trip we're gonna explore it more and probably do it a little bit more often. I did a little bit on my last trip uh, for Wine and Dine last year. It was a solo trip, so I didn't have the kids with me. So I played with the app when I was in Galaxy's Edge, and I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I really like the fact that you can just wander around the world, Mm. not only when you're in queue and play games, but experience the world as well. Um, Haven't done it with the kids yet. Um, Some of you may know that I've got three small kids. I've got a six-year-old and two three-year-olds. So when I'm in line, I, I, I don't have the luxury of being able to take out my phone and play a game. I'm herding cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh. So we we started. Uh, I started playing with Riley, and we first time we ever played it was in Space Mountain. And the games are challenging. I was afraid they would make it to where it's so easy because the kids and all that. The games are somewhat challenging. What do you have to do? And you're passing the phone back and forth, and you're you know you're having a blast, and you're still interacting as a family, like you said, Mike. But it's good to see Disney take the gaming community and kind of bring it into the queues or bring it into the parks because it gives you something else to do you know we always used to play Phineas and Ferb in Epcot like we would we would walk around even when you had to stop and get the uh the the handheld electronic that they would give you the little portable thing then you had to turn it back in at the end of the day now of course you can do it through the play Disney app uh but we enjoy stuff like that I mean look there's not every day you get something free at Disney all right, there's only a few things where you are going to get free, uh, whether it be Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, another great game. You know, it's not on your phone, but another great game you can play in the parks. But the Play Disney app is free to you. And if you are in the Disney parks, or even if you're at home, you can jump on that Play Disney app and you can, you know, really immerse yourself in the Disney culture and community. 
and have fun with games that maybe you wouldn't have had uh, had otherwise. I I hope to see Disney do more of this in the future with in park gaming. Um, I think you know you, you kind of look at let's say you get off test track, you know they have they have the gaming there. Uh, you get off Mission Space, and and you know they, they, there's opportunities for them to have this stuff uh, in other places in the parks. Do you see Disney in the future recognizing uh, the the additions they could put to these parks to make them that much better? I do. I think it's going to be more based on the phone. I think it's going to be app based. I think it's going to be something you can download to a personal device. I love Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. I think it's an amazing game. I do it every time that we're in the park. In light of current circumstances, in light of all this COVID stuff, we're not going to get anything physical. Yeah. As much as I would love to see it, we're just not going to get anything physical. Yeah. Yeah. Mike? You know, I enjoy the, the like, when you're on line for, t- well, a test track. When you're going in, you're designing your own car, and you're kind of playing around with with that kind of stuff. And it's kind of a competition you have with the family. You know, it's not a, a game game, so to speak. But like you said, with the COVID stuff, I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, based when you're on the actual line of monitors to play with. But I think the idea of having it on a phone and having it personalized is a great way to do it. You know, I'm looking through right now. And uh, I'm looking at Riley's apps because they download to my phone too. I can't figure out how to not, not make it do that. I, you know, they just she downloads stuff and it comes to my phone. And the worst part is all my pictures go to her phone. So we're I think we're sharing an iCloud. We got we got to figure this out. Um, but I mean, like, look, she's got the Palace Pet. She's got Mickey's Math Wizard. She's got Arts World for Disney. She's got Minnie's Adventure. She's got. I mean, she has Disney's Royal Ball, uh, Disney Princess Salon. I mean, the amount of apps that Disney has put out throughout the years, um, the Emoji Blitz, you know, stuff like that. If you had to pick one Disney game that you guys play uh, on your phones, what would it be? I play the Emoji Blitz. Do you? Yes. Really? I don't oh, see yeah. you playing that, really? <laughs> it's fun. They have a Star Wars one. Oh, do they? I didn't know that. Yes, that's the one I play. Huh. Huh, okay. I think the last one I played was the one where you could build your own theme Kingdom park. Hearts. You could build your own not- Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I had to take it off so I could start doing podcasting because it took up way too much memory on my uh, on my surface here. Oh, Magic Kingdom. But that's I, what it is. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many Disney games my kids have on their tablets. It's it's insane. Yeah, I've got it right there. See, I, yep, I, there I loved it. Um, I'll tell you a story about Magic Kingdoms. I started playing it when it first came out. And I worked my way through, and I my Magic Kingdom was rocking. Well, then my wife decided to start playing. And like I said, we all share one iCloud account, right? Which because we have for 10 years now. And uh, it erased my game and updid hers. And <laughs> I got to give her credit, though. She still plays to this day. Hers is like crazy how much stuff she's done and how many characters she had and stuff like that. So that's a, that's a fun one, man, because it's kind of mind-numbing. Log on, do your couple tasks, and then you're like, eh, okay, you know, I've done my thing for the next eight hours, so I'm good. While while uh, Aladdin goes over and trims the hedges or does whatever he, whatever he has to do for the time being. So, but yeah, Disney uh, Disney has their hand in all kinds of gaming. Uh, one thing that I don't do, I, I haven't played, and I know Mike hasn't is uh, is, but Jay is into it is VR. Um, do you does do you know Tim if Disney has their hand in the VR systems yet? If they do anything uh, VR related uh, at the time, they do. Uh, Iron Man just came out for PlayStation VR not too long ago. 
So you can be Iron Man? You can be Iron Man. I have not been Iron Man, but you can be Iron Man if the price is right. Hey, Mike, let me hear your Iron Man impression. I can't. What, what's the impressions today? Oversight, <laughs> what am I, a, a, a comedian? I, I'm, uh, I'm, holy cow. I've never done an impression in all these years. I know you. All of a sudden, i got to perform tonight like I'm some kind of monkey or something. What, what's going on here? You put me on the spot. We have a special guest, and all of a sudden, i got to perform? Holy cow. That was cow. actually pretty good. That was good. I think that, that was, hit the mark. That was pretty. That was Iron Man right thing. I liked it. That was good. Uh, yeah, man, I would like to get into VR, but uh, I don't have the computer system. Because you have to have a pretty fast computer system, right, for a really good VR system? Yeah. <clears throat> if you're on PC, you need a really, really robust system. Um, for PlayStation, you need a lot of wires and a lot of room. Yeah. I have neither. <laughs> yeah, well, you can see I'm up in the playroom right now, and you can see between the dollhouse and Mickey Castles and toys and stuff like that, I probably don't have I, – I would trip over uh, over a doll and fall down the stairs and do everything else. So uh, trust me, I understand. Well, forget about the kids breaking the TV. I'm worried about hurting myself, yeah. you know, putting the, the helmet on and just wandering around the room. It would be fun to that watch. sensory though. deprivation. Yeah, it would be fun to watch. Fun to watch oh, you. Oh, it would be great until I, yeah, until I put my foot through the TV or trip over the coffee table or something. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I tell you what, man. Thank you, Tim, so much for, for coming on. Uh, it's It's been a blast to talk gaming and to talk Disney gaming. Uh, going back to the you know early 80s all the way up through present day, uh, we've had you know 40 years almost of, of Disney games as a whole uh, with hundreds and hundreds of titles that across multiple systems that uh, have really taken generations on that Disney path. And, and it's, it's been a blast to, to talk about those with you. Um, tell people about the E through M gaming podcast. You know, you, you guys um, took a, a, a community of people. You know, we had, we had a gaming uh, um, uh, group there, the Disney has podcast gaming group that you guys, this was your all's group. This had nothing to do with us. And we're going to be transitioning that to you all. So you guys are uh, on, starting on January 1st, the E through M uh, gaming podcast Facebook page. You need to go give that a like. You need to give it a follow. Uh, you need to go right now, pick up your phone, go to Facebook, go, get on that because everything is transitioning to there, and those guys are amazing. All of your Disney and uh, and more gaming news, all uh, gaming across all platforms. But tell everybody about the show. I know you're on. You just did your third episode, and uh, man, I am so so excited for you guys to uh, to get this thing rocking and rolling and to learn more about the da- uh, the gaming that's going on. Yeah, I mean, thanks again for having me. This has been a blast. You know, this has been great for me as well. I really appreciate the uh, the invite. But uh, again, we recorded our third episode last night. It should be dropping, uh, if not tonight, sometime tomorrow. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, all the major podcast players right now. We've got a pe- uh, Facebook page. You can find us at E through M Gaming Podcast. Uh, and we are four guys who actually met through this podcast you know, we've never, none of us knew each other personally. We played with each other online a few times before and decided, Hey, let's, let's give this a shot. And, you know, we're running the gamut. We're talking about all general topics in the gaming community, things that are coming down the pipe, things that we've all experienced. We'd like to see some changes before. So, uh, looking forward to see where that takes us. Yeah, man. I, I, I look, I love all you guys. You guys, I, I like chatting with all y'all. I can't wait to game with you. I'm a little intimidated to game with you guys, though. That's my thing. And, and Mike understands this. Mm-hmm. We're not good, okay? Like, we're not good. Like, we, we're those people who, Mike and I like to hide in the bathrooms, like on Call of Duty. 
and then just eat boiled peanuts and chat, you know, about our days and like what's going on. So we're not great at gaming, but we're fun. We uh, we're, we're a lot of fun to game with. So we're looking forward to hanging with you guys, and uh, I love that you guys have got the show going. I cannot wait uh, to listen every week to, to your all show. Um, Mike, I tell you what, buddy, thank you so much, dude, for taking the time. Absolute blast uh, chatting with you and seeing you. I know you've got a rough day tomorrow, but uh, there is something we uh, we have to do every week because it's uh, one of our favorite things to do for sure. Yeah, you know, we were talking a little bit about the future of gaming in the parks and, you know, being online and killing some time. You've taken your phone out. But, you know, when you take your phone out, you can take pictures, too. And there's a great place to post those pictures that you take when you're in the parks. And that's on our Facebook page. And that brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be our Facebook Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Tim, as you know, you've listened to our show plenty of times before. When you're an honored guest like you are today, of course, you're going to have your first pick of the week. So why don't you tell me what's your Facebook pick of the week? Oh, thanks, Mike. Uh, just looking at the page, one jumped up at me right away, and it's from Eve Decel. Eve Decelli, I apologize if I uh, mispronounce your name. Uh, and it talks about the trip that they had to cancel back in September of 2018 because of a much-needed surgery for their young son at the time. Well, He's recovered. We're glad that everything has gone well, and they're getting ready for their next family trip this upcoming August, and they'll have a three-month-old with them. There's a, another one on the way. I mean, it's a great story from start to finish. Great picture, great story, and that's my pick of the week. Great pick. Yeah, that was an amazing. Ama- thank you so much for posting that. That was uh, that was really really touching. And thank you so much for for that. That was really really nice. Great great post and a great pick. Justin, Mike, we go ahead, buddy. Oh, I get to go. Excellent. Uh, my pick is going to go to something that blew me away this week. I kind of know it was coming, and that's from Irene Smith, and she's posting her pictures from the Disney Dad podcast tree that we have coming up. And, man, when I saw that tree skirt, I would, my, my heart melted. It looks so awesome. I love that. Uh, I know they're going to unveil that this weekend. A lot of our Disney family uh, you know, got in touch with Nate Smith and sent some pictures over, and we're going to have our own you know, Disney Dad podcast tree. You know, it's, it's a great family. It's a great group. You know, like you said, uh, we we all have such a great positive time on this show and Irene was so happy that the Smith family you guys are great as it is doing something so cool for us and you know this whole community and that is an awesome tree skirt and I was so floored by seeing that can this 2020 be over with so I can just fly out there and give them a big hug that's all I want to do <laughs> that's all I want to do I'm just ready to get this done so I can just go out there meet them handshake and a hug and and hang out with them uh I am going to uh, go with our good buddy Drew Munkenmeyer uh i look please happy sunday a little dancing with buzz and woody while listening to christmas music that's the way to do it uh their kid is is having a blast and i love you know my favorite thing about your your video i love all the the drawings and coloring on the ground because that's what it's about that's what it's about is getting down there having fun letting them color and have a blast and dance and listen to music with their best disney uh pixar buddies buzz and woody uh, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much, buddy, for posting that. Hope you all had an awesome weekend. I hope you've had a great start to your week and uh, you're having a little Disney magic in your life wherever you are. Uh, guys, look, if you have not done it, I say it every week. Right now is the time to pick up your phone and join our podcast Facebook page. It's Disney Has Podcast Family on Facebook. Uh, that's where we get all these amazing pictures, the stories, and we get to know you a little bit better. And we appreciate all the time. When you post your pictures, then we we post those stories, and we uh and we get to 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 read them and, and really take them in because I don't think people realize how much time uh, 
we spend scrolling through and getting to know your families, even though we've never met you in person. We really do love that infectious Disney positivity that you guys put out each and every single day. That's what makes this Disney family different than others. It's not about the size of the family. It's about the positivity, and it's about the fact that you guys build each other up in a time when uh, when some people have been so down this year. So thank you all for doing that. Uh, we have uh, also, if you want to be a part of the show, uh, we can have your voice heard right here on this podcast. Give us a call. 317-939-3237. 317-WDW-DADS. Leave us a voicemail. We would love to play your voice on the show, whether it's some of this little trip recap, the kids just want to say hi, or maybe you have a show idea, give us a call. You can also email us at DisneyDadsPodcast at gmail.com. There are so many great ways. And last but not least, do me a huge favor. Pick up your phone right now. Head over to iTunes. Slap us five stars. Leave a comment. If you like what we're doing, if you like that we're trying to build a Disney community that's full of positivity, uh, then go over there. That helps us grow, helps us reach more people, and we really do appreciate that virtual hug you give us by doing that. Uh, guys, I've had an absolute blast this week absolute blast talking disney gaming man what a trip down memory lane it's not until you start talking about some of the stuff that i remember all the hours that i spent uh getting frustrated not being able to beat certain certain disney games in history uh but man it really is a great way to surround yourself with the uh with the disney uh uh, uh world in, in a better way to say it uh with disney gaming so tim thank you so much uh, closing words buddy for our family tonight well, hey, once again, thanks again for having me. Uh, please give us a check out. Uh, that's E through M Gaming. And if you're a runner, I got to give my runners yes. some love. Please, please stop over to the running page because as bad as 20 as 20 has been, running is not canceled. Uh, we are going to get the race list back up if people want to post what races they're doing next year in case anyone's in the area and wants to join in. You know, you don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to be an elite. You could be someone who's just trying to do something better for themselves. I mean, we you know, we cover the whole spectrum. So please come on down. Be part of that family as well. Yeah, 100%. Disney Dads Podcast, Sorcerer's Running Team. Uh, go over there and join that because that is a – you talk about an uplifting group. I, I want to give a shout-out. Adam Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredible. He's my, he was my alternate pick of the week in, for that race. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, incredible. He Look, I he has – set a goal for himself and has every single day taken steps to achieve his goal. And I, he's, he's a motivation. I mean, he, I look at his posts every day and he, he motivates me. I mean, the guy is just crushing it. So it's uh it's those people are amazing on that page. They're our family. And so please go over and join that. And like Tim said, you don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to be a 5k runner. It's, if you're coming right off your couch, if you're just wanting to take that first step, that's a great way to start because you seeing those posts of people who are taking those first steps along with you uh, is is really nice. And, and Tim, I mean, everyone over there is so just positive with everything. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's a fantastic page because I got back into running because of that page. I had a six-year break from running until you guys set that up. And I said, you know what? The time is right for me to get off the couch. And I was sitting on the floor with my daughter. I took a picture and I saw the second and the third chin forming and said, this can't stand, this cannot be. And it was because of uh, our running family that I got off the couch and started doing what I'm doing today. Right, thank you, buddy. Thank you, man, for because you motivate so many people. You motivate so many people. And I would love to run with you someday. I'm just not that fast. Maybe you can carry – I know you can carry me like Luke carries Yoda. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'll get on the backpack – 
you can just carry me along. Let's just, we'll do that. That'll that'll work out well. Uh, Mike, closing words tonight, buddy. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for coming. Uh, best of luck with the podcast. I've been listening to the last couple episodes. You guys are great. Uh, you're all good friends of the show. You're good friends of our family. And um, we, I wish you all the best luck. And um, we're, we're happy to have you on again in the future. You know, we love talking about gaming stuff. And uh, I just wish I had the kind of talent when it came to playing games like you guys do. But, uh, you know, we all have one thing. But uh, I'm glad you were able to record with us tonight. And I look forward to great upcoming things with you guys and your uh, podcast. Certainly. Go right now. Pick up your Thanks, phone. Mike. Go to E through M Gaming Podcast. Go over. Join it. Like it. Join their Facebook group. Because I'm telling you, it's uh, it's a blast, man. All the all all those guys are so much fun to listen to. So go do it right now, uh, guys. Patron family, we uh, put Jason and um, Dave put out an extra episode this week. I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. So we are going to close this show tonight, and uh, we will be back next week with a very 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 special show. A very special extra edition for the patron uh, show part. But until next week, everybody, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. And until next time, guys, I'll see you real soon. Good night, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the world... And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.